This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. Hey, 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 business storytellers, how's it going? Episode 644, a topic we haven't talked about in a while. Um, I'm not even sure what the recent, uh, most recent episode has been on influencer marketing. Jason Falls certainly has been on the show before, and I'm always happy to talk with him. Today, we're talking with Lindsey Gamble. He's a top LinkedIn voice on the topic, and certainly he knows um, what brands should do, when they should do influencer marketing, how do they find the right influencers, and what are the best practices? I'm not going to lie, my friends. I am really getting tired of these emails I'm getting for, from from brands I've never heard of. Hey, you want to work with us? We're going to send you this free product that you may or may not like. That is not going to put any money on the, uh, any food on the table in the trap household. I can tell you that. So I'd be interested to find out what are some of the best practices that we should follow. Really excited to talk to Lindsay, lindsaygamble.com. Connect with Lindsay there. Hey, Lindsay, nice to see you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. A true top LinkedIn voice, not a collaborative article, top <laughs> LinkedIn voice, but a legit from, you know, an OG, so to speak. Really glad you're coming on the show today. So first of all, I mean, tell us about influencer marketing. Um, when should brands even think about doing that? And when does it make sense? I really think every brand could uh, engage in influencer marketing, to be honest. Um you know, I think before a brand does want to work with influencers, creators, whatever you want to call them, they should really understand what their goals and objectives are, because that's going to be really the most important thing. Uh, you know, if you want to drive awareness, conversions, increase social proof, whatever your goal is, that's going to really play a, a pivotal role in the type of strategy that you go forward with, you know, the type of creators you activate, the platforms and channels, and ultimately your creative strategy. Um, I think more now today, that influencer marketing is a really key part of any marketing mix, whether you're a small business, whether you're an emerging startup or you're the biggest brand in the world. You know, as consumers, as humans, we really gravitate towards people as opposed to corporations. And so it's really hard for brands to cut through the noise on their own and, and, and really be salesy. And so the best way to cut through that noise and get people to buy into your brand is to work with influential creators, influencers, personalities, podcasters, celebrities, all those different people that really have audiences and really have cultivated strong communities. It's kind of an interesting, um, I don't know, dilemma might not be the right word, but interesting model. Like when you think about, you know, what influencers can do. I mean, even when you look at the commercials, I know that's not true influencer marketing, but Patrick Mahomes on the commercials, right? He never says he likes he even likes state farm insurance, right? They just, it's just a fun storyline. And then you have some creators who just kind of show a product or it just kind of is there and they don't give an opinion. But then you also have people that give opinions, right? Like this is a good product. Here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't like about it. Um, but you also got to give negative reviews at some point. I'm not going to lie, my friends. Otherwise, it's not going to be very, very real, right? Because not everything can be positive. But how do influencers even maneuver that? How do they, you know, make sure they're authentic, but they're also partnering with people? Because if you send me your free product and it's crap, <laughs> am I obligated to say something good about it? That's a great question. Um, so 
I'm a marketer, but I'm also a creator too. So today I create content around a creative economy. That's why I'm on here today. But I've worked with some lifestyle brands like L.O. Bean, uh, Everyman Jack. I used to have a music blog. I worked with Converse Skype. So I've been able to really see the influencer marketing industry on both sides and be able to experience the good and bad. Um, so when it comes to you know, how creators can kind of partner with brands, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different ways. I think there's kind of your standard product recommendation where a creator, you know, shows a product or uses a product and really uh, endorses it and says, hey, I love this product. This is what I love about it. And it's really kind of delivering that message. There's other aspects where you can inter integrate a brand or service into content where it's not that direct CTA, but because that audience sees you using that product, they see that product in your content, you're making an endorsement. And so I think depending on the brand, depending on the creators, depending on the audience, you can really kind of get creative with how that integration, you know, uh, becomes part of that partnership. I think the ones that work the best is when there's a true integration where it's not so salesy, where the content is just really selling to consumers or audiences, but the creators able to use that product, service, or brand. And I think for lack of a better word, in an authentic way, but it it still has valuable content. So it's not really disrupting the viewing experience. And I think we've seen a lot of brands and creators uh, on both sides where they come together and where it's a piece of sponsored content that um, maybe looks good from a quality standpoint, but it really interrupts the, the viewing experience of the audience themselves, where they're not getting any type of value out of it. And those partnerships you want to avoid and you want to lean towards more partnerships where, yeah, it's a sponsored piece of content. Yeah, the creator's being paid for it. Yeah. They're using the product that someone sent them, but it's still valuable to the the audience. And the key way to do that is really leaning on the creator. Ultimately, as a brand, when you partner with creators and people that share content or have some type of special skill, it's because you want to do something that you're not able to do as a brand. And you have to trust the creator to be able to do what they do best and not look at them as a billboard because billboards exist, right? If you want to just get your message across to millions of people and you know say exactly what you want. There's billboards, there's commercials, but creators are really unique and uh, you have to balance out partnering with creators and let them do their thing, but also, you know, providing them guidance and messaging and getting the value out of the content and the creator and the audience that you do want as a business. You know, what's interesting to me about that um, whole discussion is um, I think that's easier said than done for brands. Yeah. I mean, I worked with a brand uh, maybe two Christmases ago and what happened is um they sent me this whole creative brief and all that. And I mean, I looked at it, but at the end of the day, I talked about what I thought about the product. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, this is what I like and blah, blah, blah. And this is what worked. And then some they were like, well, you didn't cover this and you didn't talk about this. And the thing, the link is still selling that product today. They're getting way more out of that one campaign from two Christmases ago than they even pay. I mean, it, there's a commission fee too, but I'm just saying like, so you kind of have to give people some some um, creative freedom. There's, I think it's um, corporate Natalie, maybe maybe yeah. I'm making that up on TikTok, and right, and she's just awesome. But when she has a campaign, it's like you can barely tell, right, that it's a campaign because it's right on brand, same kind of content, and then except she talks about the brand or the brand is the centerpiece. Those are the best ones, and and to me, the way you make that happen is. I imagine that you know the brand goes to her and says, hey, we love your content. We love what you're doing. We want to integrate ourselves into your content and not let her have free reign, but be able to her let her lead the creative and lead 
the way that that brand is integrated in the content. Because again, creators know their audience. They know what's going to connect with them. They know what's going to come off as too salesy as too salesy or, you know, has too many CTAs. Um, and so like you mentioned, it's, it's hard to get to that point. I think, you know, the brands that have been doing influencer marketing for a while feel a little more comfortable once they've seen kind of the good and bad of the creative partnerships. Um, but ultimately it's, it's trust. You know, you have to try things and experiment to kind of get some learnings and figure out what's the best way to move forward. Um, one thing that you mentioned earlier was, you know, creators uh, giving negative reviews. One of the most interesting trends that we're seeing today is this idea of de-influencing. And so typically we see a lot of creators promoting, you know, products, but over the last year, we've seen uh, this trend of de-influencing where creators are actually saying, hey, this is a product that isn't actually good for X, Y, Z. It could be the price. It could be because it's not sustainable. It could be the quality of it. And then at the same time, they share another recommendation for product that is a better alternative or a solution, uh, which is an interesting concept that we're seeing. Um, and some brands, I feel like, are going to start taking advantage of that, that trend a little more. You know, what's interesting to me, too, is when you mentioned that I have probably around, uh, I don't know, like 1,100 videos on Amazon, right, of um, nice. as part of the Amazon Influencer Program. And most of them are like, here's what I like, blah, blah, blah. But then there's also some, and I was like, this is total garbage. Or like, here's <laughs> what I, but I don't just say that. I actually explain what I don't like about it. And what's interesting to me, every once in a while, I see the sales report come through. And there's people who buy a product based <laughs> on my negative review which is just crazy so i think what happens is so like the meta quest i really didn't like it when i got oh, it I got mine right here. Like, <laughs> you have one right there but yeah. but what i did is i said here's why i don't like it and here's what you know what the problem is in my opinion so the people that watch it they might still like they still see me use it and and show it off and if they disagree with my opinion they might still click my link to buy it i guess mm. that's probably happens but it's just fascinating right when you all of a sudden make 20 bucks on something you didn't even like yeah um, Actually, oh quickly add one more thing to that um and so in that opportunity like think about if you're a brand manager for any you come across a piece of content from a creator that um whether it's a creator themselves or sharing organic content and doing a bad review of your product or it's you know a creator promoting a product and you know someone in the comments saying something negative about it that's an opportunity for brands to get insight into what they can do better about the product. Is it, you know, they can understand, you know, maybe the quality of the product isn't there and take that back to, you know, their internal teams and share that insight so they can build a better product. Or maybe it's focusing on messaging that caters to some of the, you know, the negative feedback. And so I think, you know, you as a brand, as a business, as an individual, you want everyone to say good things about you. But there's also the opportunity to look and see what people are saying negative and be able to take that insight and that knowledge and information and really incorporate it in your me messaging. Or, you know, I think which is a better approach, build a better product or brand or service that actually caters to some of the negative feedback that you're um, getting from creators or consumers. Yeah, of course, I'm a big fan of that. Working in the market research industry myself at growgetter.io. Um, so always, always interested in that, um, you know, learning what people are saying. Now, let's kind of shift gears a little bit here. Um, how do brands even find influencers? I mean, I'm always interested to see when people reach out to me and I'm like, you know, okay, well, that could be a fit, you know, or that. Um, I don't know why you reached out to me. I think my favorite story on that is it was some male enhancement um, <laughs> product. And I'm like, why would I blog about that? I write about yeah. content and podcasting and 
you know, not that kind of thing. So, and certainly there's some males reading it, but not really a good fit. So how do, how do brands find the best, uh, the best people to work with? That's the beautiful thing about the internet where, you know, you can find anyone and be reached out by anyone. There's a couple of different ways, you know, me working at a, a influencer marketing platform called Maverick. Um, you know, that's one way where we see a lot of brands, especially enterprise, enterprise consumer brands, leverage an influencer marketing platform like a Maverick or a marketplace where they can, you know, find creators where there's a database or an index of creators that um, have either, you know, um, opted in to be discovered or have, you know, public profiles. Um, so brands that want to really scale their programs and work with a lot of creators and, and find them, you know, influencer marketing platforms are a great way. Um, also, there's the manual way, right? I think a lot of brands, you know, especially the small businesses, uh, brands that are, you know, coming up and rising, they do it manually. They'll go straight to the platforms themselves. They'll, you know, leverage the hashtags. They'll leverage uh, keywords. They'll find creators that they've previously come across and really, you know, reach out to creators or find creators that can potentially, you know, be partners. You know, if you're a brand, a mo depending on how big you are of a, as a brand, uh, you're probably getting tagged in content by people, right? And so looking at the post that you're tagged in and looking at those people, if they're creating content around your brand, they're probably creators or at least at the very least advocates. And so you can reach out to them. So reach out to people that are already creating content or just reach out to people that you're seeing on your feed or manually, manually searching. Um, and the third one is the one that I think is probably the best and the one is one that's probably not utilized as, as much is really just tapping into your own consumer base, your CRM. Uh, if you have a newsletter, you know, more now today, people are doubling as creators. They might have a full-time job. They might, you know, do something else, but we're all creating content. And there's a high chance that your customers as a business are creators too. And if they're already using your product, if they've been longtime uh, users, like who's better than them to be creators on your behalf? And so if you have a newsletter, you know, reach out to the, or, you know, put out like a call to, partnerships uh, with creators, you can actually create a form on your website. Uh, when people come to your website and they're looking for new products, you know, if you have a prominent space of, hey, partner with us or affiliates or partnerships and give them the opportunity to kind of raise their hand and provide the information that you need. And then the last part is uh, it's been really cool to see like just some innovative ways of brands re recruiting creators. You know, if you're a restaurant and, and a lot of people are creating content around your restaurant, you know, in your restaurant, you could have a little QR code that, you know, directs people to sign up or send an email if they're interested in, interested in creating content on your behalf. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to find creators out there. It's really depending on uh, kind of how, uh, you know, nitty gritty you want and or how much budget you have when it comes to platforms. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you can find people anywhere that, that might talk mm -hmm. about you. And especially if they're already using your product, I think, um, that's, you know, that certainly could work well. Now, when you work with people, though, what are some of the best practices? I'll, I'll be quite honest about it, Lindsay. My, one of my worst practices when people want to work with me or haggle and they don't want to pay something, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, my rule is if I reach out to you, you know, I'm I'm inviting you right to work with me. Yeah. If you reach out yeah. to me, I mean, even on the podcast, quite frankly, you know, you you can join me as a sponsored guest, right? I mean, I'm booked out like four yeah. months in advance, as you know, because we started talking like in November. Yeah. Um, same on Amazon, right? If I find a product, like I like this Yeti, 
I'm going to do a review on it. Like I'm going to be an influencer for them, even if they never talk to me. But if Yeti or some other company would reach out to me and say, hey, you know, can you do something for our um, microphones? I'll be like, yeah, but there's a cost for my time. So so am I just being super nitpicky here or is that a good practice or or and what are some other best practices? That's the that's the first one I was going to start with compensation. It's a hot topic in influencer marketing. I think it's increased over the last couple of years, um, as it should. Uh, you know, everyone's doing influencer marketing a little different. You know, you have platforms and agencies that are running it on behalf of brands. You have brands that brands that are doing it direct. You have, uh, you know, other you know routes of influencer marketing. And the, the challenge is is that there's so many different data points. You know, when I working at Maverick, we have data around you know how much we pay creators for xyz deliverable that's going to be different than what a brand has that's going to be different than what another influence marketing platform has or an agency and so everyone's kind of working with different data when it comes to hey what should i provide uh creators to me you want to leverage some of the industry benchmarks so there's a lot of data out there and free reports of how much creators are charging or earning for you know a post on TikTok or linkedin or a podcast those are great places to start and to kind of think about, um, you know, a place to understand like what a budget might cost to work with a certain creator of this size. Um, but ultimately you wanna just really be cautious about what are you asking the creator to do? And as you mentioned, when a brand reaches out to a creator, they kind of have less leverage because they're asking that creator to do something. And so in that case, like brands probably should pay, um, you know, that amount varies based on the creator size, based on the, deliverable. But to me, I think if you're a brand, you have the budget to pay creators for work. I think all brands should do it. I've worked as a creator on uh, product only campaigns and paid campaigns. Uh, my situation is different because I'm not a full-time creator. And so when I work with brands or when I used to work with brands, I would do it for product only, but it would be, you know, $700, $800 worth of product of, you know, hiking gear, which I was buying on my own. And so, well, that's not dollar amount. That's something I would be spending anyway. So for me, that worked. Where other creators, you know, if they're doing this full time, you can't pay your bills with hiking gear, right? Um, and so you really have to be kind of just sensitive as a brand about what you're offering creators and what you're, you know, asking them to do. Um, and so when you, you work with a smaller creator, you know, gifted or free product or affiliate um, compensation might work. Where if you're working with a bigger creator and you're asking them to do X, Y, Z, you know, definitely have your dollar dollars up there. And if not, then pull back on the deliverables. But I would also say on both sides, it's it's a partnership. Um, you know, sometimes it's not going to be apples to apples where you both get what you want. But if you can find a way where you feel good about the the relationship and get get it going as a starting point, and then reevaluate, um, you know, budgets or deliverables in the future, that's a great way to uh, kind of start. Yeah, and a lot of people when they reach out, they say that oh, we want to work together for the next twenty nine years, and that's why we that's why we need a discount and whatever. So, so I'm not usually falling for that unless it's somebody, yeah. it's Apple or somebody like that. I, you know, I probably would work with them and have them send me their latest iPad Pro. But in general, I wouldn't. Um, you know, so how do you feel about this? So um, I know a lot of people measure everything by how big the creator is. And I guess mm -hmm. my question, it also depends on what your life situation is, right? So like I have a full-time job, I kind of do this just, mm -hmm. just for the heck of it, right? Like make a little bit of money here and there um, or just enough to keep it interesting. But um, but when, uh, no, I lost my train of thought here. But oh, but at the end of the day, it takes time. So I actually, like mm -hmm. when I reply to people, I say here, 
you know, this is the cost to pay for my time. I'm not, it's not about the results. It's not about anything. It's about that you are literally taking that amount of time that I could have used for something else, talking to Lindsay on the podcast, you know, doing, you know, reading a book, whatever, writing a blog post, uh, creating a new service line. So how do you feel about that? Is time not a good measurement or is are people just going to balk at that too much brands, I guess? Yeah, I, I say pricing comes down to you as an individual. Um, what you're willing to do in the value of time is really based on you. And like you said, we have full-time jobs. So, uh, you know, when it comes to doing certain things, you know, when you're working with brands, that takes away from time with your family or time for you to, you know, relax or time for you to work on something else that's maybe uh, bringing in money. And so if you think about uh, if you were to hire a plumber or, you know, some type of other worker, um, you know, you're paying for that time regardless of whether they're a new business or, you know, a business that's been around for a while. And so, you know, going back to the best practices, really for brands to um, brands and creators to understand what the brand is asking and what's the value they want to get. Am I trying to reach your audience? If so, like then the creator should charge based on the size of their audience, as well as the time and the money that it takes to create that content. There's other cases, which is more common where, uh, you know, brands will work with smaller creators where their audience doesn't matter, but they actually want a content asset. You know, they want a pretty product photo that can be used on a product page. And so at that, when that happens, it doesn't matter if the creator has a thousand followers or, you know, a hundred thousand followers, they're just really paying for that piece of content because they're not asking that creator to post it. And so the value of that piece of content is really how you should uh, on both ends, you know, charge the brand and what the brand should pay the creator. Um, But going back to what you said, like, I I think sometimes I see a lot of creators, you know, get mad about getting offers from brands that are lowballing them or, you know, brands saying that creators are charging too much. At the end of the day, it's, it's do what you want, what you feel good about. You know, I, to this day, to me, based on my situation, if I can work with a brand, it's going to open up an opportunity um, that maybe it's not a paid opportunity. Maybe it's not paid at that moment, but it maybe gives me access to, um, you know, potential opportunity down the line, whether it's a speaking engagement or a partnership that might be worth it for me based on my own goals, where it might not be the same of a creator. And so you kind of just have to be strategic based on, you know, the ticket case by case. You have to take it case by case and think about your own goals. Really quickly, I want to throw up this review here. I uh, really appreciate Emmanuel Rose, who actually was a previous yeah. guest, smart and professional. Christoph is a great host that asks interesting questions. His guests are top notch and I enjoy his content. So really appreciate that. If you like the show, please leave reviews. Apple, Amazon, um, Spotify, you can do like a star rating. And Pot Chaser, I think, is the other one where you can leave a review as well. Uh, really quickly here, Lindsay, really appreciate you coming on the show. I learned a lot. Um, in the last uh, 60 seconds here, tell us maybe like two more best practices, rapid fire, and then how do people connect with you? Who should reach out to you? Awesome. So another best practice is all about measurement, right? I talked about how it's important to know your goals and objectives. So once you do work with creators, you have them generate content and you're reporting on that content, make sure that what you're looking at, the results match what you set out to do. If you want to drive conversions, then your most important metrics are going to be focused around, you know, clicks and conversions. If you're focused on driving brand awareness, you're probably not going to care too much about uh, clicks and conversions in that sense. You want to make sure that your goals and objectives match up with uh, the output. And then when they don't, you know, you find ways to optimize that and really try it again and really perfect it. Um, Second, another best practice is leverage different types of creators. There's value in all of them, from your nano creators to your advocates that maybe don't have the 
biggest following or the, the best content, those can be really great to get the word out about your brand. You can have them do product reviews. You can have them, uh, you know, do referrals. There's the bigger creators where they have the reach, but maybe not the high engagement. They might be great for product launches where you're really trying to uh, get the word out about everyone else. And then in the middle, it's the micro creator where they can do a little bit of everything. They have great content. They have high engagement rates. They can also, you know, participate in uh, ratings reviews. They could be uh, part of research groups and, you know, a lot of different things. Um, so those are some best practices in terms of where you can find more about myself, lindsaygamble.com. Um, I write a weekly newsletter around the creator economy, influencer marketing, social media um, that dives into the news uh, trends and really provide actionable insights for both creators and marketers to, uh, you know, really have success in this thing that we call creator, the creator economy. And then LinkedIn as well. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the Business Storytelling Show on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.